Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, Ozzy almost got that thing done right himself. And we haven't yet seen a big splash from the Hawks in free agency, but word is they might be making one, but at what cost? And last but not least, and for the culture, how did you celebrate the fourth? That's all coming up next, right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's get it. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener today. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. But first, today, T, when we talk about the Atlanta Braves and what they've been able to do as of late, you know, they got the, the, the win in the first game of the series against the Guardians uh, to the, with Michael Harris leading the charge and with, with, with two home runs. But I think that Ozzy Albies tried to do the same thing. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get it done. Six to five, they lose to the Guardians yesterday in extra innings. But it seems like it's a theme here. Once you get late in the games, when when Braves, if the Braves are down, because we know we like, they, we know they like to jump out on folks. But it seems like I just get a, a feeling in my soul, just hey, these guys are gonna come back. And I think Ozzy Albies almost pulled that bad boy out yesterday. Yeah, I would say the same. I always look like if I'm not watching it and I'm just kind of watching, if I'm not watching the game and I'm just kind of watching the stat line or mm-hmm. I'm watching which inning they're in. And I saw, of course it was tied two two in that fifth inning. And that's where I felt like, okay, we're good. Braves are good. And then even though they went down, I said, no, no, they're still good. And like you said, that Albies came back and did it again in the ninth inning and just send it to extras. Here's what I like about this. Here's what was still encouraging for me. Yes. It's, it was a loss. But, of course, they still have the opportunity to win the series today. That's number one. Number two was only the second loss in, like, 19 games. And then their last three losses, just one run. They lose by one run. The reason I say that is because I feel like that's what tells you that the Braves are always in it, regardless of what happened last night. Yeah, and and that's – the thing that when you talk about, like, we have, like, great players like a, a Ronald Acuna or a Matt Olsen or um, or uh, even Austin Riley, when those guys, you know, are coming to the plate, went, but right behind those guys, those are some of the things that you can count on, right? We understand where they are. Like, they've won nine out of the last ten, and they've been – killing it as of late and they have and they're 30 games over 500 right now <laughs> with four games left going into the leading into the all-star break so all of those things just kind of really make me start to think like all right and I don't I know I don't want to get ahead of myself because you know me I sometimes I get a little excited because you know this is my hometown team but I think in like there are We've seen this kind of seen this movie before in 2003 when he, they start hitting all these home runs and, and scoring all of these runs. You know, that team kind of crapped out in the playoffs. And I'm just like, man, I hope they don't, you know, get on this hot streak and start, you know, moving down into a space where they just run into some pitchers and they're like, oh, man, what happened to the bats? And then the next thing you know, we're like sitting outside of the playoffs. I'm like, oh, my God, we wasted 100 a win season. <laughs> but the reason – and I think about it mm-hmm. – from time to time, but you know what always offsets the offsets that thought. Mm-hmm. Last season, 
and Ronald Acuna Jr. So yes. when I go back to oh, last yeah. season, oh, yeah. they were on fire. They could have been back-to-back -back champions. I mean, they could have easily won that World Series had they gotten there, but they right. didn't. It was almost like they kind of went to sleep and was it Phillies, a red-hot team that just kind of came and just like basically manhandled them. And that was something that I think was and is something lingering for them, right? That's right. the kind of motivation where you're like, no, we don't want that again. We want to get all the way to the World Series, if not win it. So I think there's some motivation there. And I think Ronald Acuna Jr. has some extra motivation because he wasn't really a factor in that World Series run. And I yeah. think for him, great if he gets the MVP for the season for the National League. But I think more importantly for him is he wants that pennant. And I think yeah. those two motivating factors are going to be like, even if they have a swoon, which it's 162 games, you're probably going to have a streak of two or three losses or what have you. But as long as they keep that motivation top of mind, I really do think they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, thank you. You just always bring that calming peace and serenity. It's like, yeah, the Braves will be fine. Yes, I, I, I agree to you. I agree that the Braves will be fine. And, and kind of leaving, kind of um, work backwards on that thing, right, on the other side of the All-Star break. And I, I think that, you know, I really feel like they'll be okay and we'll be able to get a better – a better view as to what they'll look like going into the playoffs, you know, on the other side of the all-star break, because, you know, we know in, in August, you know, Max Free is supposed to come back. And then in September is Kyle Wright is supposed to come back. And I think that, you know, this period right here leading up to the all-star break, I feel like the Braves, Brian Snicker and Alex Anthopoulos is going to use these, these games to figure out what young pups they want to continue to go with, because we got Michael Soroka coming to the mound on tonight to um, close out the series against the Guardians. And then we've had we've seen A.J. smith Shaver, You know, we've seen Jared Schuster. You know, all of those guys, like, I think they're going to have to lean out some of those young uh, arms and kind of figure out, okay, who's going to be the guy who's going to be consistently staying up with the club, you know, until Max Free and Kyle Wright come back. Yeah, I would agree as well. And Kobe Aller didn't have a bad start yesterday. Yeah. It just wasn't the lights out start he had five days, well now six days ago, right? So it's yeah, 20, he's yeah. one of mm -hmm. those who is looking to solidify a place in that rotation, especially as they await freedom, right, coming back. But again, that's an embarrassment of riches. And that competition actually could bode in the Braves' favor too, because as long as they're competing for a spot on that roster and they want to stay up, win get wins and go deep, Make, go deep into the game. Like we're talking six, yeah. if not seven innings, that's how you keep yourself up. And of course that always bodes well for, for the Braves. Absolutely. And I think that competition, competition piece that you just talked about, look, see Bryce Elder. <laughs> like, you know, we talked about on the show, you know, last, last, I mean, early, early on in the week about how he was able to, you know, he was the starter for the Gwinnett Stripers. He was the opening day starter for the Gwinnett Stripers. And here we are talking about this man going to the All-Star break. So I think that, you know, the whoever that whoever that young arm is that um that they decide is gonna be the guy to be consistently stay up with the ball club going forward, I really feel like that's gonna be a, a something that you know, you, they can't make the all-star team, but you can really solidify yourself going forward as far yes. as, you know, um potentially making yourself uh, your own uh, rotational spot. Right. And then one more cosign for you before we wrap up every year, there's some young pitcher that steps up and does his thing. So, yeah. and you know, shocks the world, Max Freed, 
became the ace when Michael Soroka went down. And then Kyle Wright shocked the world. Spencer Strider shocked the world halfway into last season. And now you're talking about Bryce Elder. So again, I feel like, okay, Bryce Elder's probably that guy this year that's, you know, the mo- the biggest surprise, but there could be another. Like you said, the competition could make them have another guy who's going to step up and be the shocker. You, Oh, my God. I can't believe this guy is, you know, pitching lights out again in embarrassment of riches. This episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America. And guess what, guys? For all you new customers, they got a special deal right just for you. For first-timers, they have the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is just go to FanDuel.com right now to go check it out. It is safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. You don't have to worry about anybody getting all your information. All you have to do is just go to the website, put in your information, and then go right there. And you know how sometimes nobody, your, your homeboy don't want to pay that bet as soon as it uh, comes through? You don't have to worry about that. You get your money instantly. You don't have to, There's no uh, clearing, clearing house you have to go through. You don't have to sign any, any paperwork and all that stuff. You get your money right there, and it's right there for you. So head to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And take advantage of the no-sweat first bet. Because FanDuel, it is the number one sports book in America. And also, it is the number one sports book for Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is has permission to use their copyrights. You know, the Toronto Raptors kind of remind me of the Atlanta Hawks in that I don't think they know whether they want to strive to get to the top of the Eastern Conference, reset, or just outright rebuild. And I say that because of the departure of Fred Van Bleet. I think that kind of shocked everybody. But when they did that, that's when the questions started coming like, oh, wait a minute. Well, if you're going to get rid of Fred Van Bleet, you're okay to get rid of him. Then what about, and then the names just started coming out. What about OG Ananobi? Scotty Barnes, although most people thought they'd keep Scotty Barnes. And now Pascal Siakam, nobody saw that coming. But the day is here and everybody is clamoring at him, chomping at the bit, including the Hawks. Rumor mill has it that the Hawks have been trying to get a deal done to bring Pascal Siakam to Atlanta. But the challenge is, Jarvis, how do you get that guy here? Because you really don't have a lot in terms of draft capital, if you will, for starters. So the question becomes, the rumor says it depends on who who you listen to, right? DeJounte Murray and DeAndre Hunter. DeJounte Murray and maybe a package deal where you might get the young guns, A.J. Griffin, Jalen Johnson, or DeAndre Hunter and those young guns. But that to me, it's very interesting because I wonder to myself, especially DeJounte Murray. So that's the one I want to kind of go with first. Yeah, yeah. If you have to give him up at this point to get Pascal Siakam, even though you probably have to throw in some other pieces, but just focusing on losing that piece, what are your thoughts on whether or not it's worth it? Is it? Ooh, like, let me just say this. Like, I really feel like at this point, if the Hawks were to trade DeJounte Murray, I would be very concerned. Here's why. I'd be concerned because I will have no idea where they're going as far as with the direction of this team. Because here's the thing. You made a a trade for him last year, three first-round picks, and you knew that you were probably going to have two years of control and then you're going to have to figure out how to pay him if you're going to keep him long-term. So now you're in a space where 
essentially you're going to trade for a guy that has one year left on his contract too. And then their their reports are that he wants to test um, free agency and he may even potentially come back to Toronto. You know, that may still be on the table even after them trade, even after they were to trade him away. So I think that when you just talk about just that specific piece saying that, Hey, this part of this regime that's still here wanted DeJounte Murray. Yes. And now I feel like you have to make that work. You have to make that work because you hired a coach. We talked about how uh, Quinn Snyder essentially is going to be like a free agent addition as far as upgrading his team and, and making this team better. So I, I think that you need to continue to go with that because, like I said, if if I'm sit, if we're sitting up here talking about 48 hours from now, 72 hours from now, however long, and the, DeJounte Murray is a part of that trade deal, I am very concerned. I'm going to start questioning, which I already have, start questioning this new regime because, like, that doesn't – I don't – like, that get, that makes the vision very muddy. Like, I, I'm really big on seeing where the teams are going and these teams having vision, especially from the guys who are the decision makers. Like, we, we talked about the Falcons and Terry Fontenot, Arthur Smith. We get it. We know where they're going. We know where they're headed. Now, it's just a matter of them putting it, putting the work and, and actually um, the end result being um, what it is. But now, I, I, if, like you say, if DeJounte Murray isn't going to be a part of this team go, um, going into the season this year, like, it's, it's not going to be clear, and I'm going to have a lot of questions to you. Yeah, it, it would be troubling to me, too, because the things that were challenging in the Trey Young-DeJounte Murray backcourt duo was Trey never did kind of get to the point where off the ball was a place of comfort for him, right? Right. And DeJounte may have had to pull a little bit more of the offensive workload than maybe he thought he would, which mm-hmm. in turn might be why his numbers were down defensively and even offensively, because yeah. I mean, after a while, you're just exhausted because you're playing a different kind of game because you're not you're not accustomed to having to take on all of that. Right. And right. so what if these guys got a good front court, a better front court, if you will? Wouldn't it stand to reason that one, a better front court, two, arguably, arguably by most standards, a better coach, and three, a second year together? Wouldn't it stand to reason that maybe they would be one of the best backcourt duos? I saw one statistic that showed uh, points to assists, and what Trey Young and Dejounte Murray were able to do, despite not gelling for the most of the season, was second only to Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. They were the only other duo in the backcourt in the history of the league that did what Trey Young and DeJounte Murray would be able to do. Imagine how much better they could make their stat line in terms of offensive efficiency, field goal percentage, percentage, three-point percentage, defensively. All of those things you haven't had a real opportunity to see for two years in a row and definitely not under Quinn Snyder. That's part one. And part two, Jarvis, what concerns me is where's your position of strength right now? I think you're fine at power forward. I, I do think you have okay. probably a deeper, more talented kind of roster power forward-wise. Jalen Johnson, Sadiq Bay. I mean, you can kind of move Onyeka Okongu back and forth between the four and the five. Now, those are maybe your three heavy hitters at small forward. If you look at what you have at shooting guard, yes, bogey's solid but we know he's pretty much a defensive liability. You can play A.J. Right. Griffin uh, there as well. So, I mean, yeah. that's thought. But when you look at it, I still think there might be an edge of power forward where Quinn Snyder can 
groom those guys yeah. more easily than he can maybe groom the backup shooting guards to be where they need to be. And, and I think that you know, when you when you think about it from that standpoint as to who you have to re- to put into place if the season were to start today, let's just yes. put it like that. If the season were to start today, I I, I wouldn't feel too bad about Sadiq Bay and or you know Jalen Johnson being in that starting lineup because Indeed. here's the thing: like I know that they got a full off season with with the guy. The, the best free agent addition so far, you know, for, for the Hawks, you know what I mean? So, so I think that I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be too, uh, I wouldn't be against, you know, that, those guys being there. And then to add on top of that, once you start to think about like all of the assets that you might have to give up, like we talked about DeJounte Murray and you talk about Anyaka Kongu and that's been one of the um, people that they want to keep around. They were talking about giving them an extension. So, yeah, like it just doesn't make sense. Although I love Pascal Siakam's game because I oh, yeah. always thought no that question. he's given the Hawks plenty of issues every time they uh, went up against each other. <laughs> it's just the fact that it's just too much. If we talking about him having two to three years maybe left on his contract, okay, let's have a conversation. Let's figure this bad boy out. But when you're talking about one year, you're talking about potentially this guy maybe returning once he becomes a free agent – and, you know, and then given the Hawks' financial situation, you know, and, and wanted to stay away from that, those aprons that we talked about, they ain't trying to cook. They ain't trying to cook. They're trying to stay away from those aprons. Like, this deal just doesn't make sense at the end of the day. Yeah, I just, I can't figure out how to package it where it could make sense. Right. Because even with the De- DeAndre Hunter side, I want to get your thoughts on that real quick as well. He's the other piece, whether that's DeJounte Murray, excuse me, DeAndre Hunter and some other pieces within the current team, like that's on the current roster, or we, we both know we don't want DeAndre Hunter and DeJounte Murray in that deal. Like that to me just won't work. Right. But if it's DeAndre Hunter and a couple of other guys, is there any package that you could see that would make you feel okay about that? Oh, wow. Um, Given if the if DeAndre Hunter is the main piece that they want for whatever reason, um, I'm willing to listen because here's the thing: we still don't know what he is, and like you said, he always got he's under contract, and I feel like you know just from a consistency standpoint, he just hasn't been that guy. So like I don't know what he is. Like yeah, you can pencil him in as a starter, yeah, okay, but I still don't know what he's gonna give me night in and night out. So yeah. I'm still I still have questions with him being in the starting lineup to start the season. So I would be interested interested to see who they would want on top of DeAndre Hunter. And if you're talking about an AJ Griffin or a Yucca Kongwu, I'm good, T. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I'm like, I don't know who who to package that we'd we'll be comfortable that, with. Yeah. You know, except DeAndre Hunter. Now, I'm going to tell you why I would be comfortable with that, because I think we do know exactly who he is. I think he's another John Collins, meaning that he I believe he's probably gone as far as he can go. I don't know that. I don't know that there's any more that we're going to see from him from a consistency standpoint. So, no, I I think if there were a way to do it, but it'd be very difficult because you're talking about essentially a 10 million dollar contract versus thirty five. 
That mm. might be a bridge that's a little bit too far to cross. But everydayers, what do you guys think? I mean, this is one of those things where we're still postulating because we're all waiting to see, will the Hawks make a big splash in free agency? And there's still time left because remember, DeJounte Murray was not a free agent last year when they acquired him. So there may be somebody lurking who's not necessarily a free agent like Pascal Siakam, but someone maybe uh, more affordable that they might want to go after. Let us know your thoughts. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and you can drop a comment in the chat and we will definitely maybe possibly speak on it on the show. And of course, download ATL Day Ones wherever you get your podcasts. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. How about this, T? You know, it all went down yesterday. And, you know, we're celebrating with the 4th of July and all that stuff. You know, and the, you know, sometimes how I get down. You know, I'm last minute. You know, I don't necessarily plan stuff like I should. You know, my wife kind of has conversation with me. You know how my wife is. You know, she'll have a conversation with me. Like, Jarvis, you need to plan stuff out more. You know, so I decided, you know, broke back and all <laughs> to two doggone, you know, hey, go throw some meat on the grill. So I decided to do that yesterday, T. And, you know, it was it was some good times. And, and a lot of times I, I really feel like those last minute kind of barbecue situations, they always kind of turn out pretty well, you know. And I feel yeah. like it turned out yeah. pretty well yesterday. How did you kind of celebrate, you know, the 4th of July yesterday? I grabbed some brunch. I've been trying to do that with my line sister for some weeks. So that was so very cool because we hadn't had a chance to catch up one on one. And I slept in desperately needed to rest myself. I really, really did. But I also watched Essence Music Festival. You know, I haven't been able to go in about three years, but I like this whole concept that they have of virtual. If you have Hulu, you can watch them live. Now, unfortunately, they don't do the replay quite yet. Maybe that's next year. But year two this year, you really it, they really made you feel like you were right there. So I saw, you know, the old to the dirty South, Jermaine Dupree just killed it. Just the, the curating of that was just phenomenal to me. That was one of the highlights. Of course, Missy Elliott, but I'd seen her before. So for me, it was just like, well, this is what Missy does. So it didn't, you know, it didn't shock me. But OK, got a secret. I did not know Tim's was a girl. <laughs> oh, I didn't oh. know. I'm so now, what song sorry. is she singing? Because you know how these oh. artists nowadays. Oh, they don't... You, you, you don't want me trying to sing that song. <laughs> yeah. you, you should go to YouTube. T E M S. Do yourself a favor. Because she's amazing. She okay. is okay. so amazing. She's Nigerian. Okay. And she's, when you hear her voice and when you YouTube, you know, search her, all her songs that pop up that she's done collabos with Drake and so many people, you're going to be like, oh, that was her. I mean, she, yeah. and that's what I loved about the performance. It was just so amazing. So, so yeah, she was one of the highlights, but just being able to watch that this past weekend virtually because I wasn't able to go home. That was good. luck. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a really good idea because that's one of the things that I really feel like shouldn't go away after the pandemic. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there is obviously, yes, to be in person, that'd be great. But like when you have a situation like, you know, someone like yourself, like, Hey, you can't get back there and you still want to be able to experience it. I think that's an amazing marketing tool because essentially what that's going to do is going to have, you're going to encourage people to come out, you know? And I think that, you know, I don't, I'm not in their marketing, you know, meetings, but I'm I'm assuming that that's what they want people to do to come out there and just go out there and just have a good time and, Mm -hmm. you know, have as big a turnout as they possibly can have. So yeah, uh, for me, I, I think that, that's an excellent idea. Now, you said Jermaine Dupri now. You know, 
Yeah. Oh man, it was awesome. He had Ti come through, Ludacris come through, oh, uh, the Franchise Boys came through. I mean, it was a really the only you know one you were maybe missing was like I think Jeezy. I didn't see him unless I missed him. Jeezy wasn't there. But in terms of curating from maybe the start of where you guys are and Big Boy and Big Boy and Sleepy Brown. So yeah, you really had all the heavy hitters there pretty much. You know, at least representation from the Dungeon family and representation from really every little nook and cranny. Oh. And you know full well that I'm not going to wrap up this for the culture without saying, but the highlight, the highlight, the super highlight was showing off the FEMCs because salt and pepper being able to reconcile with Spinderella and she was able to perform with them killed it. Angie Marr did her bar from ladies night. That was cool. Uh, I love Remy Ma. So getting a chance to see her was, was really cool too. So Yeah. yeah. All of that. I think Tim's was kind of in that mix, if you will, if I remember correctly. But yeah, that was beautiful. That was really beautiful. I told you only hip hop can do this to me. But (laughs) maybe what will do this to me as well or do this for me is if the Braves can pull out the win and win this series with the Guardians tonight so that they can go into that series with the Marlins on a winning note. We'll talk about it tomorrow. And if there is a Hawks trade of some sort, you know we're going to bring you our tea on it. So definitely, as you always do, come back and see us soon. Absolutely. And make sure that you both share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.